on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. If you combine your purpose, your strategy, and the desired impact into something that is holistic and makes sense and can actually be put into action, then you're onto something really, really big. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. I'm your host. Today, I've got Alex Brookman on the King stage. My brother, how you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me. Of course, it's an absolute honor to have you. We just we just had an absolute laughing fest before we recorded this, talking about your German heritage, my attempt at saying your German last name. How did I do? Um, that was as good as it gets. It was very close to the original German, actually. <laughs> I think that was a very polite way of saying, you know, it could have been better, but that's okay. I tried. <laughs> You know, you're here and, and and we're excited to have this conversation. We've already we've already had so many laughs already. So I'm gonna bring the audience into the good time that we're already having. Alex, tell us what kind of business that you have. I have a small business in terms of how many people there are, but it's a business that's big enough to support my family and, and that's what counts in the end. We do it. facilitation, keynote speaking, and online courses in the context of business strategy. So you you see a lot about marketing strategy out there. So that's not what I do. When I use the term strategy, I mean business strategy. So the overarching trajectory of your business. And that's what I've been doing for more than 15 years. First as an employee in a large media organization, then later as a management consultant, then as an entrepreneur, and now running my own business since we moved to Canada like three years ago. Yeah, I love that. <clears throat> I fall into the, you know, strategy loving bucket myself. I love high level thinking, but also strategy is like a good mix between high level thinking and then tactical. Like what what's the actual plan to go do the big thing? I'm curious, like why does strategy other than you just have a history in it? Like why is it deep inside of you and why is it so important to you? Why are you teaching it to people like, you know, what, what why is it so special to you? I actually don't have a large history in it. I had no love relation to the topic until okay. I was 30 years old, actually, because my first profession is I'm a, I'm a trained radio journalist. So wow. that's what I did. I was a semi-professional DJ. Everything around music was what I loved. And then at the age of 28, I was like, okay, this was fun. What else? What What's yeah. next? Yeah. I didn't want to belong to those... DJs that stand there bald and gray and need the crane to walk, you know, I didn't want to die in a club. I want yeah. to do something that that fulfills me on a, on a deeper level. So I went to business school and studied general management. And then actually through my first job after business school, I got in touch with the topic of corporate strategy and realized, hey, this is kind of fun because at university, I didn't feel that it was theoretic. It was Right. Not very 
tangible, at least not for me. So, but as soon as I understood the relevance and what strategy actually is and how it impacts the lives of countless people in an organization, I fell in love with it and it was all strategy from there. Well, we're going to dive into why strategy is important for business owners. I'm sure you're working with, and then specifically the audience here today, but you said you wanted to go after a bigger purpose. You know, the, the, the club wasn't it for you. By the way, we call that the cowboy stage. Cowboy, you eventually get into the warrior stage, you got something to fight for, and then eventually make it into the king stage, which is, which is where we are today. So I'm going to try to take us through that journey, maybe through your walk. But what's this bigger purpose? Like you said you were searching for it. Obviously, you've done some different things in business and your vocation, but What's the bigger why or purpose for you as a, as a man, as a, as a builder, you know, that type of thing? I have a pretty specific understanding about the term purpose. For me, purpose is just an intent. It is something that you aim to become or aim to achieve. Yeah. And that can be something that you actually never reach in your life. Therefore, Purpose matters to me, but it's not that I help my clients define their purpose and and then link their strategy to purpose, what so many others do. I try to go beyond purpose. I try to help them see how they can move their purpose into tangible outcomes. And that's what I call impact. So moving from purpose to impact for me means moving from an intention that you have to tangible impact that you create for yourself, for the community around you, for the world you live in. And that can be like really tangible, visible things. So if you, for example, say my my purpose in life is to leave this world better than I found it. And then I start to ask you questions and we start to understand that in this case, it's about environmental protection, for example. Then we, we narrow that purpose down to something really specific and then take that step from purpose to action. And that is something that is truly important for me. And that is a concept that not many really understand because we've been, I don't want to say indoctrinated kind of, but it's kind of that this, this whole purpose thing has been around for, I would say latest since Simon Sinek wrote, start with why this has become a huge thing. Everyone's talking about it, but few people really understand that it doesn't matter. No one cares about your purpose. People care about the impact that you create. And, 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 and if you take a look around, especially when it comes to topics like environmental protection, we have too much purpose and not enough action. We need more impact. <laughs> yeah, you're 100% right. The language that you're using is, is, is very um, connective. I think that everybody can understand what you're saying very easily, actually. And you're right. It's also something that kind of misses the mark purpose versus the actual action behind it. I was just having this conversation just the other day and I want to, I'm telling you this because I want to know your thoughts on this. Think and Grow Rich is a book that I read every single year. Obviously, definiteness of purpose is tied to many other things, but it's the beginning of desire. And then desire is then you create a plan and then the plan is then the action steps and, and they all have to flow together. And so you're right. Definiteness of purpose or defining who it is that you want to become or this thing that you're after. And then that's it doesn't get us anywhere, but exactly. How, how did you come to the conclusion that these other things are tied? Like, like Napoleon Hill, obviously he says it very different, but I loved how you changed the word from purpose to impact. Was that an aha moment? Were you a part of something that gave you that, that realization? Where did that come from? Between 2020 and actually 
mid-2022, I finished writing two books. And one of those books is around, I started out to write a book about business strategy. And I was like, hmm, okay, this book is morphing into something else than I thought it would be. And, um, and I dared to open the doors that I saw in the writing process. And I went through these doors. And interesting. I did a lot of soul searching, a lot of digging into topics that I didn't understand well, because sure. that's what you do when you write. You start to really dissect topics because you need transparency. The moment you start writing, right. you need to make a precise point and a clear story. Yeah. Writing yeah. crystallizes your thinking. And oh, the moments okay. I found black spots in my thinking, I tried to shed some light on them. And in that process, I actually realized that the whole purpose talk is exactly that it's talk and i'm personally fed up with talk i there there are enough businesses out there that have a purpose and we don't see enough action so why is that that's why this that the reason is businesses use purpose as a shiny veneer that they wrap around a less noble core and then they don't do enough to actually earn the right to put that purpose out there in the world and say that's our purpose yeah. And there are there are countless examples that are guilty of purpose washing, that they they use that purpose to attract talent, to to greenwash who they are or what they do, and they actually don't. And it was in that writing process for the book that I understood for myself that purpose matters, intent matters, but it matters more what you do with it. Yeah. Yeah, I, we're just we're just so on the same page on this topic. It's it's actually pretty scary. All I'm thinking about is just the time that I've spent personally, as well as with entrepreneurs. Where you're right, it's like it's so easy to go to the clouds, so easy to talk about what makes us feel good, but that the execution of it, the actual the doing of it, is is often what's left behind. And as a doer myself, I feel like it's like man, if if I can look back at the separation, it's you know persistence, doing. It's the actual like holding to the little things consistently over a long period of time. And it's all wrapped up into what you're saying, because you don't have impact unless you, you actually are doing the thing consistently over a period of time. What Such good could, stuff. What you could say is start with your purpose, understand what you are uniquely positioned to bring to the world or to your clients or whatever it is. And yeah. then ask yourself, how can I use my business to actually create tangible impact? And that needs to go beyond money. It needs to go beyond a product that you deliver or a service that you provide. And if you combine your purpose, your strategy, and your and the desired impact into something that is holistic and makes sense and can actually be put into action, then you're onto something really, really big. Yeah. Yeah. The formula that you just gave, along with, you said it a few minutes ago, I'm gonna let you say it again, so I, I don't butcher it, but... You said writing crystallizes our thoughts. Is that what it was? Yeah, writing crystallizes your thinking. Wow. I mean, what, <clears throat> like, we know this to be true. Everything you just said, I'm like, yes, yes. But it is so profound at the same moment. So let's let's switch a tactical here. Now that we've come out of your, out of your impact, not necessarily your purpose, purpose and impact together. I want to know of a good decision that you made. So you you moved across the country and you started this business. You had been in in different corporate arenas before. Early on, that first year, maybe first year and a half, what was a good decision that you made inside the business that the listeners can take a quick note here and, and go duplicate? I think the best decision of my life was really starting to write a book. Um, wow. 
to and and that that it was not to be become rich and famous. Sure. I wrote the book as a farewell present to my clients in Europe. When we relocated from Germany to Canada, I felt strangely guilty leaving my clients behind, even if I was wow. at the same time moving closer to the clients in North America. But I think you get the point. It's just yeah. this emotional connection that you have after so many years. And actually a friend of mine, when I talked to him about this feeling, he, he joked and said, hand them a present and move on, get over it. You, there's nothing you can do about it. And we had a, a hearty laugh and, you know, moved on to another topic. So, but in the back of my head, this concept of handing over a, a meaningful present started to develop over weeks and weeks into the idea of write down what you've been doing with them so that they can replicate it without you being present. Yeah. And that was the starting point for writing the strategy legacy. In the end, the book developed into something completely, I wouldn't say different, but way more than just this tiny little part about strategy design and implementation. And allowing myself to sit down and claim the time to write a book. And by the way, writing a book takes a lot of time, at, at least writing a book that is that is thorough enough and worthy of anyone's reading time. It allowed me to understand the holes in my own thinking. It, it helped me to understand where I needed to learn and study myself in order yeah. to credibly claim that I have understood a topic. Sure. So allowing myself to go back to the drawing board and to learn and to open doors and explore what's behind these doors in these rooms that was probably the best decision because I'm, I'm heavily benefiting from that right now. Yeah. Yeah. I heard several things even underneath this. <clears throat> of course, the practical is writing the book. And I think that there's plenty of listeners, myself included right now, who's like, I've, I've got two or three of them in there, man. Like, and I know, I know I should be, I know it. I should be writing them. I should have already written them. And so that's just hugely encouraging. But underneath that, even what I heard was, I was willing to be, I was willing to slow down. I was willing to, to challenge myself. I was willing to be open-minded to the fact that maybe I wasn't, I, I needed to learn more or I needed to level up. And, and that's really the language that I like to use. I'm always looking for another way to level up. To me, that's what I just heard you say is that you slow down enough to realize that it was one of those moments in life. And there's different indicators that I feel like we get where it's like, mm, it's time to level up again. That's what I heard you say. You want to add anything to that? It's funny that you that you use the same terminology. This actually, it's actually the same terminology that I use. So my next book that is coming out in April 2023 is called Secrets of Next Level Entrepreneurs. So that terminology is also part of my offering for my clients. And it's exactly that, what you just mentioned. The realization that you don't know enough is, it, it comes to me, sort of, it's a red thread throughout my life. I mean, who goes back to business school at 28? It's when you realize that you probably should learn more. You should study more. You should understand your own path or reinvent your own path. And you do that by going back to the drawing board. So like more than 10 years ago, I pledged to myself that every year there needs to be one major personal development milestone. And I've been true to that until I started writing the book because that then became my personal development milestone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And <clears throat> I'm just trying to correlate this. We've got listeners from across the country, maybe world and in different industries. 
And so they're hearing you say there's these, you know, times where I have to go learn. And, and so it's personal. It could also be in the trade because for you, learning business or strategy at another level is, is part of your trade. It'd be similar exactly. to me dialing into windows or marketing or whatever my, whatever my skill set is in my business. And so is it, is it, is it just the trades knowledge or is it a mixture of that and personal? Is it eventually, does it turn into your, like helping your team learn those things? Like give us some insight there. The biggest part of my personal development journey was not around strategy. It was around learning skills that help me help my clients. So that is, for example, going through CTI coach training. So there's millions of people out there that call themselves coaches, but only a handful who really are coaches because they've gone through a proper training. Right. There, there are tools and techniques out there that help you help teams, that help you support executive teams, so-called psychometric tools like the Leadership Circle Profile. So right. getting certified in these tools is not only about helping your clients, but you actually also every time take a deep look into your own soul because you can't study those tools and learn how to apply them in a theoretic bubble. You just need to be very vulnerable and throw yourself in there and explore it yourself because then you really experience the transformational power of something like that. So that was most of what I did in the past 10 years is learning skills and techniques that help me support my clients. And then from time to time, I throw in the occasional strategy deep dive. And I don't know, there are tons of of courses, for example, Harvard Business School offers some that help you dig deep in a certain area. For example, how to create a sustainable business strategy in the sense, how, how do you create a business strategy that takes a close look at how do you set up your business in ways that are diverse, inclusive, that do less harm than they do today, especially when you take a look at a supply chain, for example, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of uh, paths that you can take when it comes to, to the individual pieces of the strategy. Let's flip the coin here. I want to know, Alex, if you, not if, which one you're going to tell us about, what bad decision did you make that maybe you'd go back and do it again if you had the chance, but you probably learned from it. Save us some time here. Share us your mistake. I think the biggest mistake that I made was investing in marketing before I had the structures and processes in place that allowed me to deal with the amount of work that would come my way. Okay. So I did that mistake in an earlier business, so I didn't repeat it in my business now. And so my business is about a bit more, a bit older than three years now. And I'm just starting a marketing campaign for the very first time. So I didn't spend a dime in any like ads or anything yet, because what I needed to do first was be hundred percent clear on whom I serve, what the products look like and the services that I offer, how all these different things like keynotes, books, strategy, online courses, and the strategy facilitation and workshops that I do How do they connect? How is that a cohesive story? And you could easily say, well, that's totally fine. Just market it and people will come. Yeah, that's just not going to happen because you need to understand what makes you unique and what the unique value is that you bring to your clients. 
yeah. because only then it makes sense to invest in marketing. Otherwise, it's just like taking the hose of your in your backyard and being spraying all over the place. And maybe you also water the flowers, but most of it is just going awesome. down the drain into the into the soil somewhere where you don't need it. So this was a mistake that I did in the past that I did not repeat this time. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge deal. You know, a lot of a lot of companies, I think, especially online, right? Like it's it it's just you know something that you're you've got this vast internet source. <laughs> And, and who, who are the people that I'm trying to grab? Maybe the people that are running like more local, whether it be retail or, or like in the service industries, maybe it's a little bit, you know, there's local meetups and there's, there's just, it's a totally different marketing strategy. So I think that it's applicable to both for sure. I think that the mindset though, is dial in to who you are, right? You already talked about that. And then obviously who you're servicing through who you are or what your offer is. And I think that, I think a lot of companies still maybe even today three, five, 10 years around, they've been doing marketing, whatever it is, and they still need to dial us in. Do you find there's that a lot with your so, clients too? There's so much money being wasted on, on untargeted marketing. People that throw yeah. their money into the pit and they never get it back. Or they maybe earn, I don't know, a fraction of the dollar that they actually invested. So it's okay. it's often really not about the products or services. It's about the story that they tell and the the, how well people can relate to what they do. And right. if you if you really want to have a good investment in marketing, especially when it comes to paid ads, you really have to have a your whole tech stack, your whole journey, the client journey needs to be incredibly clear. Otherwise, there is always a breaking point and you lose that person on the other end. And unless you have that journey is smooth and seamless, you will just waste ad spend. And especially when you take a look at with whom you compete. I mean, paid ads is just a nightmare because you are competing against those that spend hundreds of thousands, if not millions. And this should not be your your approach unless you are fully niched in and you are absolutely clear that your client journey is smooth. Yeah, those are great. Both great things to take away. The client journey has to be smooth and also your your story or your message. I, I want to know about a process. You're obviously a, a fairly process-driven individual. What about now? Three and a half years in, you obviously had businesses before this, but how do you make decisions now? We've talked about a good and bad decision. What's the process or maybe steps that you follow now? That's actually what a strategy is. Many people understand strategy as a plan with milestones and steps and actions. That's not a strategy. That's operationalizing a strategy. A strategy is a framework against which you benchmark daily decisions because a strategy is nothing but your priorities to bring you to a desired state in the future. So a strategy is not tactical. There is This is just this kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. If Anything comes around, if I receive an email, if I receive a phone call, if someone offers me something, if I see something that I'm like, huh, that is an interesting way of doing things. The the first thing that I do, I go back to my strategy and ask myself, is this a shiny object or does this help me somewhere to get faster to where I want to be in two years? Yeah. So by identifying in which of my four priority buckets an opportunity that comes my way actually falls. I identify whether it's worth my time and money or 
whether it's just a cool idea that I really like, but that doesn't help me right now. So I park it. And maybe in two or three years, it will come back when the time is right. Yeah. But that is what most people don't understand. A strategy is a framework against which you benchmark options, opportunities, and every decision you make along the way. If you become that strategic about how you run your business, you just don't waste money and time anymore because yeah. you just realize when something works for you and everything else gets, hey, great idea. Not for me right now. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Even just the clarity of what you just said there, the strategy in essence keeps you from wasting time and money, which on the other end of that, if that's the negative or the consequence, the the result of that is to get what you want faster and, and with a higher quality end result. Um, it's and actually so the right. opposite of the hustle culture. Being strategic yeah. and being a hustler does not work together. And the, the moment you realize that this illusion of real time and reacting quick and being nimble and agile, that all has its place. But it's the opposite sure. of being strategic. Being agile simply means that you understand that things will come your way that need that 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 demand you doing things in a slightly different way but you should never lose your your goal out of sight it's just like being agile does not mean and then i needed to pivot and do something else for me the term i needed to pivot is when i hear it from entrepreneurs it's often a red light it tells me they have no clue where they want to be in two to three years. Because if you stick around long enough, you see that people that pivot every two years, they just fuck up every two years because mm -hmm. they have no clarity in what they want to achieve in life. They have no right. clarity in what their business needs to look like and how to get there. These are people that dream big and talk a lot, but are no action. And the moment they hit a wall, they are off to the next thing. Sorry for being that blunt. No, it, it's so good. I, I, I have... I think we've all been that entrepreneur at of some course. level, right? Yes. Like I can think back to moments where I did certain things and it worked out in my, in my favor, but man, what did I miss out on? Because I was doing maybe multiple things or different things that maybe weren't congruent. We all have the shiny distraction ability as entrepreneurs to have big ideas and low implementation. Yeah. So you're right. What's the, what's the antidote to that? How do we solve that problem? Or how do you help your clients solve that problem? Really hone in on what, what it is that you want to build, like really specific, not that big head in the clouds dream. But when you, when you write down a vision, the term alone just opens so many ways of interpreting it. And everyone has their own understanding of what vision, vision and strategy actually mean and are. So the first thing that I help my clients understand is when I use certain terminology, what is it that I actually mean? And when I use the term vision, what I mean is, if you could time travel two to three years, what is it that you would see? How would your business look like, literally look like? Yeah. And this is not a one sentence inspiring quote or something. This is like nuts yeah. and bolts, really yeah. write down. What does your business do? For whom do you do it? Where do you operate? Online, offline, which geographic footprint? How big do you want to be in terms of team size, in terms of um, clients in terms of revenues what's what's your profit margin all these things paint that picture the moment you paint it the moment you understand it you also understand the loopholes in your thinking you realize some some things might actually be realistic and others are 
just total fluff dreams that are not backed up by anything. Yeah. So that this is the first step, writing down a vision that is rooted in your purpose and the impact that you want to create that is detailed enough at the same time to make it measurable and actionable. And then you break it down into what I call a strategic dashboard. You make those gold nuggets in your vision measurable. You identify how you see every time you want to do it. Like, I don't know, I do it three times a year. I sit down and take a look at my strategic dashboard and to figure out whether I'm actually moving in the right direction. Because right. if you're not measuring these things, you can't just write your vision down, put it in the drawer, and then in three years, put it back out and be like, hey, have I achieved my vision? That's not how it works. You need to yeah. measure your progress along the way. Not so much to see how great you are, but actually to be able to react when you see you're not moving. To keep the pace. Or even in the wrong direction, right? So to course yeah. correct. Yeah. And then when you know how you can measure that you're moving in the right direction, then you decide what your priorities are because these are the things that will move the needle on those strategic KPIs, as I call them, key performance indicators. When you do that, all of a sudden you realize that this pet project and this thingy that's so much fun and this, I don't know, this idea that I'm trying to implement really hard that's, that's really difficult for me to get my head around, I can just let go of them because they don't help me. Yeah. You, all of a sudden you create so much clarity. For me, strategy is about two things, clarity and empowerment. You empower yourself to say yes to a handful of things and no to everything else. And therefore accelerate the development of your business into the desired direction. I, I think you just took us to school. You gave us the test. You gave us all the answers to the test. You gave us all an A and, and I, I feel worked over. <laughs> I feel like you, you just took my mind to another place and I was really trying hard to make sure I was paying attention because man, you, you got me thinking which I love. I love this type of talk. And, and like I said, we're, we're, we're so strategically aligned. We're so, we're so saying the same things. Um, it's just really incredible. It's actually really encouraging to know that, that there's other people in the world who are focused like this. And it makes me want to be even more focused because, I mean, we, we probably know the stats that most people don't, don't write this stuff down. Most people don't even write their goals down. Most exactly. people definitely don't follow up, you know, so you, you have, it comes back like, to what you said earlier, writing crystallizes your thinking. You don't, you don't need to write a book in order to crystallize your thinking, right. but by writing, as you said, write down your goals. That's a, that's a starting point, at least. I mean, this is not the right, right level where we're at, right? Right. Goals right. come after vision and after strategic framework. They are part of it, but they are yeah. too granular already. They are already too tactical. Yeah. But writing, writing every, just writing down your thinking helps you understand, Something. wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, which, I mean, we could go down a whole rabbit trail here. It's usually where negative thinking, like you said, you start realizing like, well, geez, that's not possible at all. And so we can, you know, maybe that's for another topic, but what I loved what you just said there, which I, I want to spin this to an encouragement to the listener is that I don't know what the stat is. It It's a pretty large stat that most people don't do any sort of think and then write whatever we want to call that. Yeah. And then for the, for those people who do that for them to be able to go to another level and do the things that you're talking about here, it really is the, the separator, the, the, the gap. And so I'm identifying the gap for the listener right now. It's like, look, they're busy. They're wearing a lot of hats. 
they're frustrated. They're just trying to keep up with this machine that's a little bit all over the place. Exactly. And this, you know, maybe mixed with the hustle culture. There's, there's, there's times in my life, we call it the warrior stage where you just got to grind. You just got to, mm. you know, do the tactical. I think that we're in agreement there, but, but man, you have got to find the space that, that uh, we're talking about here that Alex has given you literally these key places. It doesn't have to be that you disappear for a week and that you spend all this time thinking it could be, you know, a few minutes here and there, but that's the differentiator, not only just thinking and writing, but then really putting time into what you're doing, how you're thinking about it, how it's going to apply. I got him smiling over here. What do you want to say? Chess, let me be clear. There is nothing wrong with hustling. As oh, yeah. No, no, no. We're, we're in agreement aligned. there. The moment you have your strategy in place and the moment you have your priorities clear, you go full force into hustling, yeah. but not like all over the place. It's focused hustling. And yeah. it, the term hustling for me just means put your head, get your head down, go into the trenches, roll your sleeves up, get your hands dirty and do the work that needs to be. And just don't yeah. sit there and be like, hey, I have an awesome strategy. Yeah. Guess what? You need to put it in a, into action. Otherwise, nothing happens. So strategy comes first and then focused hustling. Yeah, no, I, I love the, the focused hustling is, is a phenomenal way to say that we'll have to, we'll have to quote you on that one. I want to, I want to switch over to the speed round here. <clears throat> I want to ask you a question about tracking. You talked about KPIs earlier. So this is a perfect parlay. If you could only pick one thing to track in your business, what would it be? Just one. I think the most important key performance indicator in my business is conversations with with clients with potential clients are people not buying that's a lagging indicator the moment people buy everything else has happened so for me it's am i able to create curiosity about a topic that most people don't even know exists because they do not have a background in this area so the issue about strategy is that many people think they know what it actually is but have no clue they have heard the term they use the term even but they use it in a, in a context that kind of twists and turns the word on its head. Sure, yeah. So for me, it would be conversations with people around what strategy actually is. And that happens on social media a lot. People reach out and be like, hey, I think I have a strategy in place. Is that actually a strategy? Or am I missing a point here and there? And this right. type of conversation shows me that people are in touch or get in touch with the topic and want to learn more. I think this is the, this is the leading indicator for me to see whether there's business coming my way eventually. Yeah. A hundred percent. I loved what you said there as far as the leading and lagging indicators, because man, so much in business is predicated on the revenue, which look, we can't get away from revenue. <laughs> and then even more so than the profit line, you don't have a business if, if you don't have those things, but some of those indicators that are earlier on that you can control the back end that much more. Love the perspective there. What book would you recommend other than yours? Of course, I want you to say yours first and then, <laughs> then maybe your recommendation because we're going to put it in the show notes as well. But in all seriousness, what book would you recommend for a six-figure business owner? I think anyone, whether you're starting a side hustle or whether you decide to go all in or whether you run a fairly successful family business already and maybe have even a team of a few people, you should always put the value that you create into the core of what you do. The value that you create is not shareholder value. It's not your value. It's the value that you create for your clients. And sometimes the value that they perceive is not even what you think the value is that you create. 
Yeah. And in order to wrap your head around that concept, I'd recommend you read this book, Better Simpler Strategy by Felix Oberholzegi. He's a Harvard School professor in strategy. This book does not require any, any pre-knowledge about strategy or business. Okay. It centers around the concept of what he calls a value stick, understanding how you can expand the value that you create on both ends for your suppliers, for the people that work with you and for your clients and as a result for yourself. This concept yeah. of the value stick is really interesting, really powerful, nicely put into graphics that anyone can understand. I recommend reading this book. I'm glad that you gave us the the elementary version there because as soon as you said Harvard and strategy, I, I'm sure a lot of people were like me and went, ooh. <laughs> yeah, so I'm glad you I'm glad you gave the disclaimer there. <laughs> it's not a heavy textbook at all. Actually, I've never read a book from a Harvard professor that was sort of a heavy textbook and a heavy read because that's not how Harvard Business School works. How they operate is based on case studies mostly, and that helps people relate to a topic. It's not an academic bubble. It's right. very, very action and, and, and reality oriented. Love that. Okay, very good. What do you think about intentionally masterminding or networking with other entrepreneurs? I think for many people, this is really important because it brings them out of their own bubble and yeah. helps them understand two things. First, my problems are really, really small compared to the problems of other people sometimes. So that helps you gain perspective and helps you deal with feelings like overwhelm or stress. Yeah. And on the other hand, it sometimes helps you see, hey, wait a minute, there are people having similar issues. Maybe I don't need to reinvent the wheel here. What have they done that actually worked? And I'm not saying every problem can be solved by the approaches of other people, but we can always learn from other people and twist and tweak their approaches and make them work for us. So yeah. on the other hand, I know that this is really difficult, especially for introverts to just yeah. be out there and network and open up about who you are and what you do. I think it's not for everyone, but there are ways to do it for everyone, even if you're an introvert that does not necessarily enjoy or get energy out of being around a lot of people. Yeah, you're right. It's it, the introvert extrovert conversation specifically around the value of being around other people is very interesting. There's a lot of people, you know, I'm 200 plus episodes in sales, you know, creator and sales, you know, team leader, multiple businesses, lots of people counting on me and I'm an introvert. Mm. And, and I've, I like to say I'm a learned extrovert <clears throat> because even though maybe I get more value or maybe not value, more energy from, you know, maybe sitting in a tree stand by myself <laughs> hunting, I, there's value in the perspective as well as solutions in other people. And, and you can't get it unless, unless you're around them. And then even I would say another level is to be curious and to for sure yeah yeah to actually want to know i think the fundamental skill that an entrepreneur needs to acquire is shifting mindset from i think i know it to i know i have no clue because the moment you realize that there is so much more out there for you to learn and embrace yeah. the moment you become humble and the moment you start learning and you start to create an open mindset and it's all captured in terms like growth mindset or learner's mindset, right? Sure, yeah. Understanding that things aren't limited. There is actually an abundance of knowledge out there 
that you can embrace. And the moment you realize that, the moment you open up and you're ready to learn from others. And that it, it doesn't necessarily require an organized mastermind to do that or an organized sure. networking event to do that. Right. It depends on what works well for you at that very moment. Sometimes it's reading a book and sometimes it's getting out there and having a blast at an award gala and meeting other people. And sometimes it's an organized mastermind group. It's just what, what, what is the right thing at the right point in time? Ask yourself, what is, what is it that I don't know? I, I do this every week. What is it that I don't know? And I need to know, and where do I find that knowledge? And then identify the source of that knowledge. And sometimes yeah. I need to talk to other entrepreneurs who are maybe two or three years further ahead in their journey than I am to learn from them. And sometimes it's really about a tactical skill that I need to learn and take an online course, for example, on, I don't know, how to program HTML. Right, right. Yeah, such valuable advice and content here. I'll say one last thing from my angle. You said it's not, or what, what do I need to learn or what do I need? What do I not, what do I not know? And I would also say, who do I not know? And you alluded to that, obviously. It was sometimes that I need to meet people, but that who, because <clears throat> for me being a guy that's like easily, I can get in the tactical and I can get busy. Sometimes it's not me. It's, it's someone else, whether that's a strategic partnership, whether that's a new team member, whether that's, you know, just meeting a guy on a podcast that changes a, a few, few pieces of mindset, you know? So yeah. I think, I think the who is, is pretty powerful. I got, I got a, um, I guess it's an operations question based on your, on your comment earlier, but if you only had one hour to spend in your business each week, what would you do in that one hour? I would go back to my strategy and take a look whether what I've, what I have in my calendar for the next three to four weeks is actually paying into me achieving what I want to achieve. And I do this regularly, not often enough, to be honest. Yeah. When I do it, I typically clear up at least half a day to a day in my agenda. Yeah. And that that sometimes means I, I just cancel appointments that someone made where I don't see the value or I go back to the drawing board and, and send that person an email and be like, can you please specify what do you want to achieve in that half hour with me? Or why would I, why, where do you see that your offering is plugging into my business and how could it create value? So I'm very intentional who gets my time and who doesn't and what I do with my time. And it's one of the first things that I actually do with my clients. I help them make space to be strategic. The problem is if you don't have space, there is no way you can be strategic because you're knee deep in the hustle culture and you're not focused on what you're doing yeah so one of my clients recently was like oh, i really want to work with you but i wouldn't know when and i said jay yes link take a look at my calendar you you tell me when's when's the right time yeah the next four weeks are fully booked and i'm like are you the president of the united states or what and even they make space when something important happens and strategy right. there's nothing more important than strategy there's always something more urgent Sure. When the tree is on fire, you want to put out the fire. And when the whole forest is on fire, there's no way you're going to find the time to work on strategy because you're always putting out fire. So the first thing that I help my clients is identify those things in their calendar over the next two to three weeks that don't help them in any way. We get rid of these things and make space for strategic thinking. And then we start working together. A 90-minute session at a time, and they are often blown away by how fast they then 
clear up their agenda, their calendars, because all of a sudden, the more strategic you work, the more clarity you get, and the, more the more you empower yourself to say no to things because you all of a sudden realize, hey, this is really helpful and this is not. So let go of it. Yep, exactly. Love that. Okay, a last question here for you, Alex. If you could whisper in the younger Alex's ear, what would you say? <laughs> I would say don't go for second best baby. And yes, that's a Madonna song reference. <laughs> Good. Meaning what? Like to uh, you specifically, what does that mean? Don't settle for something that you know is not the best thing for you. And that includes choosing a romantic relationship. That includes finding the right subject matter for you when you decide to go to college. That includes doing something you're really passionate about. Let, let's say you, you go into the trades, find something that you burn for, find something that you, that you really want to do. Not because your parents think that's the right thing for you or not because your friends say this is not cool. If right. you want to do something, don't settle for less. Um, I wasted a lot of time in my life trying to fulfill other people's expectations. And the moment I stopped that, it was extremely liberating. People don't care about what you do. They are so busy and inward focused on themselves. They don't care whether you make mistakes or not. Just follow that passion. And that's why I would say, hey, don't go for second best. Go for what's the right thing for you. Yeah. What a, what a way to end after, after a, a mind crunch of a conversation, a challenging conversation. I love it to end with such inspiration. How can, how can the listeners connect with you? They want to learn more about you or just connect with you or maybe even try to become one of your clients. How can they find you? There are tons of free resources on my website. So before you even think about reaching out to me and wanting to work with me, go through those free resources. They might even solve your problems already. And they are on my website, alexthestrategist.com. Just go there. There are free video series. There, there are toolkits. There are articles on my blog page. Tons of stuff that you can use to start becoming more strategic. Love it. Yeah, we'll put all that on the show notes as well and, and give them easy access to you. And uh, and of course, just we thank you for being here. You just sensational. Really, really appreciate it. I We get, we have a lot of good guests. I've said this recently a couple of times, but man, we've got hundreds of amazing guests. And I walk away with at least one thing from every show, but I've walked away with several here today. So thank you. Really appreciate it. And we wish you nothing but blessing in your new place, in your business, and of course, everything you put your hand to. So thanks for being here. It was a pleasure to talk to you, Chess. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.